This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> Ready when you are. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. Chelsea beat Arsenal, West Ham have a new manager, and Brighton got a big win on the South Coast. Hello, everybody. My name is Mark Speller, Jim Campbell, Luke Mora here. Hello. We are. It's still the Christmas perineum. It is. It is. Yeah. I'm enjoying it, man. I, f- I find it unsettling. Yeah? I don't Why know what that? I should be doing. I just said that to Jim, actually. I quite like that, though. All oh, right, you just sit, sit around and do nothing. Yeah, yeah there is no should be. You know, you can define no, true. It yourself. True. Do you like. Go trampolining if you want. But I'm a thrusting young professional, Jim, so <laughs> it's difficult for me. Well, well you can he, still thrust professionals. I've got, one of those big, here. I've got one of those big 80s mobile phones mm. and no one's answering. Mm. Well, here you are thrusting away on the football ramble. <laughs> I am. Yeah, exactly. Take it from not, me, listeners. It's not just the way my trousers are hanging. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, of course. We won't wish you a happy new year just yet. No. Um, because it's not the new year. Um, and if you're listening to this when it is the new year, uh-huh. that's on you. I know, maybe, well... That's right, on happy, them. Happy New Year. No, that's on them. Oh, no, yeah. don't give I've them a Happy New Year. I've done it now. Oh, yeah, retract that. No. Wait till Friday. No. Retract, you, you'll curse it. If you don't take that back, the, the New Year won't happen. I'm not wishing you a Happy New Year, Jim. That's Do fair. you hear that? Yeah. Having a dig? Yeah. Awful. Jim's already had a terrible couple of days, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, no, nothing to do with the Arsenal result. I just presume that's how it's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's been fine. Well, you've mentioned Arsenal. Let's go out there, then. They were beaten 2-1 by Chelsea. Yes. Uh, Mikel Arteta back home. He came home again to the Emirates Stadium, uh, of course. And is it fair to say he marked his homecoming in typical fashion? In very typical fashion. Well, yeah. Conducive to how what the club would have expected. I would, in terms of the manner the of it. The fan base, yeah. yeah. Although, actually, I mean, it's this is a real sort of indication of how, how bad it's been this season. 
I actually still came away from it feeling fairly positive just because in the first half, Arsenal actually controlled the game, mm. looked in charge. Obviously, they ran out of steam in the second. The burnt Leno mistake is, is annoying, but that's not going to happen every game, is it? Mm-hmm. So yeah. as defeats go... <laughs> I hope not. Every uh, well, well, it, it does, well, it doesn't, does it? He's, he makes an error here and there. But no, he's a good goalkeeper. He's bad. a good goalkeeper, yeah. Um, so... As defeats go, actually, you know, one. I, I appreciate that the bar has uh-huh. come this low, <laughs> but I genuinely yeah. have come away from that not feeling as annoyed as I did might you, normally. Did you, did you flick the TV off and go, good defeat, that? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> all joking aside, job done, job well done. All joking aside, how did you celebrate this result? Um, uh, with a big pie. Yeah, <laughs> a big pie. Mm. Uh, um, Jim, I, I know you're going to sort of, and perhaps some of our, our more kind of shall I say, uptight listeners will, will interpret this the same way, but I don't want you to because um, it's going to sound like I'm out, sort of having a go and mm. kicking you while you're down and all the rest of it. I don't mean it to be like I'm, that. I'm really not down. I'm just numb. Okay. All right, well, let me have a go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, is, it, is it annoying that from the out... I mean, from the outside... Because from the outside looking in, it's just a bit like uh, the reaction to a lot of... To this game from a lot of Arsenal fans. Well, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's a mistake. And, uh, you know, Jorginho shouldn't be on the pitch. And it's... If you've got it, any particular ones in mind. Is there a kind of... Um, a feeling like, just stop making excuses. This stuff happens because the club is in a certain way and the whole culture needs to be changed or is that not is that not indicative of that I would think that that would be a little bit short-sighted with a new manager when he's when he's two games in you know like because Arteta's I mean he's like I say, he's, he's changed the style fairly effectively already, mm. given the, the limited time he's had. If you look at the, the amount of shots Arsenal had against Bournemouth, and, and again, that first half against Chelsea, and yeah, the mistake is annoying. The second goal is, is just is maddening, obviously. But he, he's not had a long time to sort of sort, you know, sort those things out. So, you know, they've not been booed off. So, mm. <laughs> progress. It's progress, isn't progress. it? It's baby steps. Yeah. But I mean... A bit more serious, though, I suppose, with with regards to Arsenal. I mean, Arteta, he should keep him up, shouldn't he? You would think, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's what he's been brought in to do. <laughs> it yeah. seems like it. Um, but but you're right. I mean, it, it was an improvement, yeah. And I think that's what Arsenal fans are looking at quite clearly. So so I do understand. And with regards to individual errors, if Leno was making them all the time, the, mm. the concern would be there. But as you say, Jimmy, he's not. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. I'm not suggesting anyone sticks the boot in. To, no, no. To but Leno, I think yeah. it's a fair question. Mad decision, though. Oh yeah. He made, it was like he decided already whatever happened he was coming for. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't like make he didn't like make a decision as the ball was flighted over. He, he was kind of already on his bike. Yeah, which is a strange thing to say. Very odd. Um, but the, Lampard uh, indulging in the old uh, first half substitute. Yeah. It's all the rage st- now. Substitute patterns of it's all of, the rage, mate. Yeah, Mourinho's yeah. done it. I mean, I, well, Duncan Ferguson hasn't done it in the first half, but he's torn up the rule book on, yeah. on substitute. You wait till half time. Well, no, it's it's all gone mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's, and I, I like that. Also, Route One is back. Everyone's about Route One now, and it's a good Route One, bit more direct. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it's but it's a classy Route One. It's a weird. But aside from that, yeah, um, it was a brilliant substitution because I think pretty much to the minute that Jorginho came on, yeah. the possession stats flipped into Chelsea's favour yeah. and stayed that way for the rest of the game. Right. I'm surprised he didn't start him, really, because you know mm. Arsenal got so much joy in that first half because they were managing to control the midfield, which is something, again, and, they've and, struggled with. And Chelsea have never, under, um, under Lampard so far, haven't really sorted out this left-hand side problem. He doesn't seem to know whether he prefers Emerson or Marcus Alonso. Mm. He see, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, he prefers neither of them. Yeah. But he's got no option. I well, suppose. we'll see in January, won't we? Yes, he, we will. We will. Know, yeah. You're right. But Georgina came on and, as you say, changed the game. But it was, I mean, 
Yeah, I suppose we, we shouldn't be too uh, surprised. I mean, why would Lampard wait another 10 minutes for his side to potentially go 2-0 down? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I know we've been a bit silly there, but... Um, but, but a lot of it is to do with protecting the players' confidence, right? Yeah, of Which course. you could also read as ego. Yeah. Because you could say... Easily, if you if you were you know if you were a coach of a big team, you say, well, I'm sorry, mate, but mm. sometimes this happens. You're still going to get paid. Yes, you know, it's unfortunately you need to put your ego to one side and understand the team's the most important thing. Yeah. And I made this decision, providing the coach is making it for the right reasons. Mm. I'm looking at you, Jose Mourinho. <laughs> uh, then I think it's I think it should not necessarily be as taboo as yeah. it currently is. Well, I think it's, it's easier as well if you're if you're, you're that defender being subbed off for a midfielder and the formation is changing. You know, it's, well, it's, it depends. That that shows the manager's got it wrong, and. And yeah. that's what Lampard, well, I don't know whether he says that to Emerson, I, I don't know. But that's what that looks like to me, is that Lampard either got his tactics wrong or he's thinking, oh, Arteta's tactics, have, he's, he's surprised. So did he move a from things. a three at the back to a 4-3-3 four, three, three then? I, I didn't see the game because I was at the Fulham game. So yeah, he, well, I think, he, you know, he was talking about where, what they played against Spurs. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they changed it up and they looked more comfortable, as you say, with Jorginho because Arsenal were very good for that sort of first 35 minutes or whatever it was. Mm. And they went 1-0 up and the, the, the crowd seemed to be think, getting behind the team a bit yeah. more, as you say, Jim. Like, all these things when we say, oh, well, well done, they didn't boo them. I mean, obviously, we can have a bit of a joke with that yeah. but there is something in that Arsenal were much better there's no two ways about that now new, new manager bounce and, and, and what not but um, the early signs show that they are getting on board with Arteta which tends to be the case with a new manager because mm-hmm. they're giving him a chance but quite clearly Emery's time at the club had gone the players some of them weren't interested whatever yeah. one may think of that and professionalism and, and so on um, but early signs you know especially with Ozil yeah. much better he was particularly good in the last two games yeah and so th- th- there is a little flicker of hope oh, very much so it looks like a good blueprint for you know for how the team should play and this is what this is what any team, you know, any any set of fans want to see their fan uh, their team do. You know, just mm. play with a bit of verve and a bit of confidence and 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 enjoy the game. And, and as, as I've said a million times on the podcast this season, <laughs> try to control a game. Mm. And uh, obviously, there have been there have been you know enjoyable games that Arsenal have been involved in this season where they've come back and won. But that's like you know we've you've snatched victory from the draws of defeat. This yeah. was this half in particular in microcosm was was a lot more. A lot closer to what you'd hope to see from Arsenal when you're being at your most positive in terms of thinking about how they can play. So mm. hopefully it's a it's a it's a good omen of the um, rest of the Arteta period. I'm hoping the improves. Uh, Who knows how long it will last? Well, quite. <laughs> I'm hoping the improves because Sam in the office has got a little lined up chant oh, yeah. around Hey Mickey for Mikel Arteta that he wants to roll out at some point. And okay. I feel like he feels like he can't do it at the moment until right. it gets really, because they get up and running. Well, you know, Especially now it's been spoiled. I was going right? to say, no, no, he tweeted it. I saw oh, right. oh, oh, okay. okay. yeah. oh, right. Sorry, I thought, I thought he'd like made a little bit of audio production yeah. and he was going to sneak in. He's not got a platform. <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so. Oh dear. Yeah. Jorginho yeah. was ascending off, wasn't it? Second yellow. It was. He was it, very fortunate. Yeah. yeah. It, it, Lampard even admitted that. It, but it is one of those ones where that's at the referee's discretion, isn't it? It's not yeah. like he's gone up like two feet into his chin. It yeah. is like, yeah, I you agree. know, it's a bit of an annoying situation. I agree, but, but I feel like if the game, the exact same incident was replayed, say, in a game tomorrow, mm. there's a chance a referee sends him, absolutely, sends him off. Absolutely. So he's yeah. been fortunate, hasn't he? Mm. Mm. Yeah, the referee's been 
lenient there. Yeah, well, I'm not I, sure I, why, I, but he has. I don't. I mean, I, 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 you know, someone's going to go back through the annals of of, of what this podcast and find out a time when I have been of this opinion. But currently, I'm not of the opinion that subscribes to the idea that oh, you know, well, he shouldn't be on the pitch. So, I mean, so that's an excuse. Yeah, yeah. Still mark him absolutely because yeah, I mean, absolutely. You, you can make your point all you like after the game, but still carry on. Yeah, until the game finishes. It's like yeah. it's ridiculous. It's like where where are you on the second one? Well. There's a player not meant to be on the pitch, so I didn't mark him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually I'm supposed to be marking a space here. I'm engaging my right to peacefully protest. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Um, Chelsea's academy looks uh, like well, it's I was, producing I was, players, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it? Tarek Lamptey coming. Yeah, he came on, and, and I, I think Chelsea's done a really good job of, of protecting their kind of league position so far. I know they've been inconsistent. We've talked about that, but they're protecting their league position while bringing these new players through. And and us, it's interesting to talk about it in this context because Arsenal have got quite a few young players playing, and they look mm. quite exciting as well. Reece Nelson had a very good game. Yeah, yeah, and um, but un, I think un, in the post Ferguson era at United. Um, the lowest they finished is seventh. Hmm. Arsenal are currently twelfth. You wouldn't expect them to bottom out at twelfth. They probably yeah. sorry. You would expect them to bottom out at twelfth. Yeah, they probably sure, get sure. a bit of heart of the table. Mm. But um, I think it puts into context what a great job Lampard's done so far because he's mm. bringing these young players through and he's also protecting their league position. Yeah, and, and, and Lampard looked great when he came on. Mm. What I like about that is you see youngster coming on away to Arsenal. It's still a you know difficult place to go and so on. Getting the ball just bombing on, just, yeah. just showing that that youthful exuberance, absolute glory. Because he had about he had a good half an hour and the game was still and they were losing at the time uh, yeah they might have been losing when he brought him on yeah that's what I'm saying so yeah. it's, it's not as he's bringing him on when they're fighting up they yeah that's right Premier League experience well, that's, actually, actually, that's huge for him he comes on and they, and they end up 2-1 winners and he'll think to himself you know I've, and he did play his part in, uh, in, and I, in winning, the, winning the game and when he came on I saw Frank Lampard whisper into his ear because they yeah. always like, give him instructions and he said to him if we don't win this game, you'll never play again. That's right. You'll never play for this club <laughs> again. I don't care if the first four letters of your name spell lamp like mine do. Yeah. Go, go, in, go on the pitch and tell the referee that Jorginho shouldn't be on the pitch. Jorginho, <laughs> 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 oh, you know, what they should have done, if you're going to really make the most of the old um, sub for a sub type business, oh, yeah. do what they do. Some Remember they used to do this in friendlies when we were playing? Um the referee comes over to the coach and says to one of the players, sub him off or I'm going to send him off. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. should have done that. They should do that. <laughs> should see more of that in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on uh, from Arsenal because uh, West Ham, they lost uh, 2-1 at home to Leicester City and as a result, they have a new manager. Oh. <laughs> Enter the ferryman. <laughs> West Ham fans, do not adjust your podcast <laughs> providers. <laughs> Because <laughs> David Moyes is He's back in back. town. He's and can back I please, in the boat. Can I please just do that again because I want to say this. Here we go. Things can't get better than this. <laughs> they just can't. <laughs> yeah, there, there we, we are. Yeah. Chilling. Yeah, chill, very chill, half hour yeah. prep to get that in there. <laughs> worth <laughs> it. Yeah. Worth He's, it. He said uh, he was happy to be home. I saw that. I, I, yeah. uh, what was he there for? Maybe he means in that boat. Did he say it in a Cockney accent? Yeah. I'd love it if he did that. I'm Davey Moyes and I'm out with the young. I can't believe I've got in the old jam jar uh, and I'm back at my spiritual home. Uh, Good job. It can't get any better than this. <laughs> it just can't. I love the idea of the hierarchy at West Ham yeah. sitting David Moyes down mm. the first time around saying, thanks for everything you've done for us, <laughs> but we really want to kick on now. <laughs> yeah. And him going, okay, understand. Presumably you're going to pay me off. Yeah, we'll pay you off. See you later. <laughs> Don't need you anymore. Mm. Fast forward however long it is. Not that long. <laughs> That's David there, please. 
Yeah, yeah. The only said you weren't the right man to take us yeah. on, and we wanted to buy more players and get like a decent manager. Mm. That's not worked. Yeah. So not sure if you read the papers. Yeah. What are you up to? Remember when we yeah. said that mid-table wasn't for us? It's very much for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, when we said mid-table wasn't for us, we went in the other way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Apparently this has come about because of a schism within the Dildo Brothers. Yes, uh, I saw that. David Gold really liked David Moyes and never wanted to get rid of him, but David Sullivan, who apparently has a bit more sway, mm. um, was keen to sort of get a Pellegrini type in and kick on. So now they've, they've gone back with their dildos between their legs, um, <laughs> the strap-ons between their legs. All right, Jim. Um, All right. Right, it's Christmas, Christmas as well. Happy, Happy New Year, Jim. Right, there you go. Yeah, thank you. Um, and and it's it's a funny one. It's, it's a big of Moyes to go back. No. in a way. So people, is there is there any kind of um, from you you guys? Is there any kind of feeling? Do you agree with some of the stuff that's been said in a similar way to what was said about Nigel Pearson? You know, mm-hmm. he's a bit actually a bit underrated. Yes, and, mm-hmm. he, and he's to be fair to Nigel Pearson, he's doing okay so mm-hmm. far, doing better than okay. Is there a bit of an element that David Moyes has been? pigeonholed unfairly because of what's happened post Everton and mm-hmm. he is actually he's shown himself in the past to be and it's not that long ago yeah. but he's shown himself in the past to be a guy who can rebuild teams who can stay mm-hmm. at some place for a long time and do pretty well yeah. and, and if you look at how when Martinez did, did Martinez follow Moyes and had a really good season his first season and it was effectively Moyes' team that's right defensively yeah. it certainly was yeah yeah, and then it, and it kind of drifted but so I wonder whether it says despite me playing that really disrespectful sound effect at the start of this, <laughs> is it actually a bit unfair to, to, to pigeonhole Devin Moyes in this way? Before, you, before we answer that, why is he called the ferryman again? It's because... Where did that come from initially? It was, for, it was for an observation of mine where he's brought in as a, as a, as a guy who sort of ferries a team away from the land of the dead I relegation see, I see. Yeah. back towards the shores of the Premier League. Yes, that's um, right. But, you know, there's no guarantee it will work. Although, you know... Um, it's got a chance. It didn't work for Sunderland, did it? But um, no. this is the thing. I mean, I think you're right, Luke, because Man United was obviously a huge job. Um, Sunderland are a basket case, well, really. That was a, a difficult job for anybody to do. Yeah. And we also... Real Sociedad, you know, he's he's in a foreign country where he's in a league he doesn't know. So and he had some he lovely fails, crisps. Not, he had some lovely oh, crisps. Yeah. It's not necessarily that much of a, an indication of his, his quality. But I think West Ham was a good fit mm. for him when he went when he was there before. And it'd be interesting to see they've given him an eighteen month contract. Yeah, but. There's a temptation to think this is another sort of parachuting in where it'll be like I'll get us out of trouble and see you see you on your way, but. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe it won't be that. Well, maybe I, he's the ma- he's just the manager now. That's, I, that seems to be how it's. I wonder, viewed. Um, with regards to what people think of Moyes and, and why they've brought him back, and we see Pearson coming back as well. I, I think that there has been five years ago or however long it was, you would get these sort of more what we would call perhaps old school British managers, mm-hmm. and it would come in and it would be fairly unglamorous, but they would get the job done, some of them, not all, but some. Even You talk Allardyce would be in there, uh, Pardew as well, hmm. uh, Hodgson you, you could even say, you know, that, 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 that type of manager. And then there's been a bit more of a wave recently of, of teams thinking if you have one of these managers, there's, there's, there's an obvious sort of glass ceiling, not glass ceiling, there's an obvious ceiling of what they can uh, achieve. That's the general sort of accepted yes. wisdom. An Englishman has never won the Premier League. I know it's, hmm. the Scotsman have Ferguson and Dalgleish, but Ferguson's hmm. retired. Well, they're both retired, but I mean, that seems... A while ago, a long now. time ago, yeah. Um, there doesn't seem to be. I mean, the the other British manager would be Brendan Rodgers, who has come the closest uh, in in recent years. Um, Kegi had a had a charge in recent years. 
Uh, but you're absolutely right. But anyway, I, getting slightly off the point, I think that people then, uh, managers, uh, sorry, chairman of clubs think, right, okay, so British managers can only take us so far. Well, we've got a bit of money. We've seen what other clubs uh, can do, you know, with the likes of, I don't know, even Tottenham Hotspur, who, let's face it, wasn't that long ago. There was sort of fairly sort of mid-table-ish, you know, mm. battling away. I know you have to go back a few years. So they see what can can be achieved. And I think they think, right, we want to play with style. We want to show, we want to have a bit more of an international. We want a bit more glitz and glamour. Right, clearly you go for a foreign manager then. And clubs have done that and it hasn't worked for all. And then they go, ah, who knows the league well? Who, th- this, th- we're talking about with Arteta, I know he's a foreign manager, but th- this idea of getting players up for it, getting a bit more passion in the side, first yeah. to every tackle. Well, whatever you say about British managers, you know, that's your usual, that's your bread and butter. It's interesting you bring up... Um Bring that up. So Arteta. I wonder if I wonder if sorry, uh, no, go on. if if perhaps as an element of the baby throwing out with the bathwater, the likes of Moyes and Pearson, maybe they're not done in the Premier League. Actually. Well, I, I just I just think Moyes is a really interesting example of that sort of thing you're yeah. talking about, purely because you mentioned Mikel Arteta there. Yeah. Well, I seem to remember Mikel Arteta playing the midfield for Everton under David Moyes and doing pretty well. Yeah. So, so and all of a sudden, Mikel Arteta's this. Oh, you know what? He's trained. You know, at the school Guardiola. of seven bells under you know in this mythical training academy under Pep Guardiola. And now yeah. he's the answer to Arsenal's problems, which of course he may well be. Yeah. But he played for years under David Moyes yeah. and did pretty well. well and David Moyes has got a, got a history of. I mean, he delivered Everton to a very high phase. Was it fourth at one point? Yeah. yeah. And, and when when the season they had um, Neville as captain, Arteta as vice captain, and they had players like Fellaini and uh, Mustafi played there for a bit as well yeah. uh, when he was actually decent, uh, from what I remember. I don't think he actually played much at Everton, but let's not get into him. But yeah, they had, okay, fine. <laughs> that, all I'm saying is they had some, they had some decent players. Mm. Leighton Baines was in, was in brilliant. Yeah, yeah. They had exciting players. And, and Moyes brought them, delivered them like a seventh place position in 2011. Mm. So he, has, he is a guy who, who can operate in the higher mm. part of the Premier League as well. And it's not that long ago. Yeah. I think what's obvious looking back now, though, I think that might be a little naive, Luke, because if you look back, clearly Arteta was managing the team. <laughs> It's possible. And Moyes has just ridden oh, Phil that Neville all the way captain. to Man United. With Fizzer as captain. Yeah. Well, it's smokescreen, isn't it? But yeah. I, think, I think with these British managers, what, what clubs are thinking now is, oh, well, they'll only get us mid-table at best. Mm. Yeah, they're a safe pair of hands, but we're not going to kick on. We want to be Leicester. We want to be Leicester, you know, we, 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 even though they have a British manager. Uh, you know what I mean? Though. Yeah, I do. Um, we want to kick on, we, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. But actually, if you're just throwing all this money and you've not really got that much of a plan, actually to have a safe pair of hands, like Hodgson at Palace, Palace will not get relegated when Hodgson's there. Um, there are other examples yeah. of this. You know, Is David Moyes going to sign Dennis Strakwalersi or not? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I do hope Is he so. going to well, sign uh, Billy Elettinoff or not? Maybe. They are already being linked with Olivier Giroud. Um, and I but they've got I, good players, West Ham. They do have good yeah. players. But they but need a few... Se- it's almost like they need that base of having a season or two in mid- without it being this relegation battle, yeah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Can, can, I just, can I just chuck out there as well? Um, nice of uh, Lucas Fabianski to remind us all that he's back. <laughs> yeah. With an absolutely astonishing... Astonishing tackle. Yeah, that didn't help, did it? Now, that was a real Gazaniga impression, that. Mm. Saved the pen, though, didn't yeah. it? Saved it. Uh, yeah, a bit, bit of everything from him there. Yeah, I, I read an article recently, I forget who it was by, possibly in The Guardian, so apologies to whoever wrote that, but it was about how the idea of the West Ham way nah, might actually be, Wait, be hindering <laughs> West Ham uh, well, course, in, yeah. in terms of uh, their recruitment, because so much of their outlay is on f- attacking players. On we, mm. we all know this thing about them having something like, what is it, 40 strikers under the Dildo Brothers or something? <laughs> What, what like is that. the West Ham way? No one, no one knows. Well, this is it, isn't it? It's, it's, not win, actually, it's my, winning the World Cup in 1960. Yeah, my friend.
friend who's a, my good friend who's a big West Ham fan. So we haven't played the West Ham way since I've been watching them. Yeah. Yeah. He's my age. Well, so yeah. I don't know what it broadly, is. Broadly speaking, they want entertaining attacking football, which so is so fair enough. everyone right? know. Yeah, they do, is, indeed. And this but, is the point. But the point is that it seems like the club are sort of beholden to that myth so they don't really look at their they they don't make defensive recruits uh, recruitment in the in the same way that they do attacking recruitment and it means they're a little bit imbalanced and they keep ending up in this situation yeah i think i think the lack of joined up thinking and the lack of because they had a sporting director under pellegrini who was pellegrini's man and some of the decisions that were made there have not been good. It's too much. There's, there's a lot of money being thrown around that club, big signings mm. coming in. It just, it, it's all over the place. And yes, they've got a bit of quality in there, which has just about kept them up sometimes. But they, 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 they need, it's the consistency and the calm and Moyes, they believe, will bring that. And and out of all the realistic candidates, he, I'd say he's probably they, one of the best ones, in, if that is indeed what they want, which I suggest they do, hence getting him. On the other hand, though, it's funny, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we love a bit of that. Yeah. Love a bit of that. All right, let's finish uh, this uh, part with uh, Manchester City beating uh, Sheffield United 2-0. Finally, Sheffield United have been beaten away from home. Um, they had chances uh, to win it. Uh, Moussa uh, missed a few he had the ball in the back of the net but of course uh, goal was uh, disallowed uh, Man City back on the horse though yep. having been beaten by Wolves uh, on Friday evening what a game that was it was a great game it's an um, absolutely brilliant game yeah. one, one of the best games of the season mm. oh Mendy's mistake come on yeah, yeah. Same for, for Man City. Yeah. Um, Pep got his 100th win as a Premier League manager beating Sheffield United, achieving that quicker than any other manager has done. You have to, you, we, One can quickly uh, dismiss Man City and go, oh, well, Liverpool are the best. Pep Guard yeah. has achieved rather a lot since he's been here. Well, they've, they've also, because Man City have developed a kind of situation where, I mean, as as the um, documentary series suggests, it's like all or nothing for them, isn't it? It's like, yeah. They're either brilliant or they're, they've lost it. Yeah, and I don't know what that's what they meant with the title, though. No, it's what I'm interpreting it as. Well. <laughs> yeah. well, he was moaning about the fixture uh, congestion, um, which autocorrect has put fixture conversion. Yeah, uh, quite fittingly. But yeah, um, uh, fixture congestion. Uh, they, they play on the Friday, then they're playing on the Sunday, and then yeah. they're obviously playing in a few days' time. And I know it's always packed around this time, but. Especially if you're from another country, another footballing culture, it must be quite maddening. Yeah. Especially if it's not going your way. And Absolutely. the team who did have a bit of fixture congestion when they were away to Qatar and so on and Shout are, are, are running away with it. Shout out for a game kicking off at six o'clock on a Sunday and not being on TV. Yeah. My brain didn't know how to process yeah. that. No, I didn't. Yeah, I was well confused by that. I was yeah. waiting for it to come on then I saw it was at half time. I was like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's obviously because they wanted a bit of extra time to recover after the games they've played. I mean, technically, it's less than two days, less than 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. after they played away at Wolves which I mean that is quite packed yeah. also as well it being the same for everyone doesn't make you any less knackered does it it doesn't but Jim. the thing is it's not even the same for everyone is it because there's still a big discrepancy in it I mean Gary Lewin made a good point on um, Ramble Meets where he said um that back in the day, when you used to play two or three games across Christmas week, yeah. you know, it, everyone would play at the same time. So mm. the, the, yeah. it would, the 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 the, um, the playing field would be level. So you wouldn't be going up against a guy perhaps in a mm. one-on-one battle who'd had three more days rest than you or whatever. Yeah. It would all be the same. So that what would happen is the quality of the football would go down and the, the, the pace and the tempo would really dr- mm. dramatically slow. But it was all in the same even thing yeah. which which and it's not now which makes it more difficult well, it didn't seem to affect Wolves that much though who were unlucky at Anfield not the Wolves are absolute Hollywood don't they? they just love playing yeah. in big games yeah. particularly <laughs> if they're on TV you know? like, well, I, I know I keep saying it and people are bored of hearing me say it but um 
Uh, they lost twice to Huddersfield last season, Wolves. I know. And it's like, yeah. I mean, Huddersfield were shit. Yeah. How is that even possible? Well, and you can say, oh, well, you know, sometimes teams get together and they put a good performance in. I'm sure Huddersfield play well. I can't really remember. But there's no way mm. Wolves shouldn't be winning those One games. thing Wolves need to work on, they need to keep their hands on side. That's what they need to do. Yeah, or their fingernails. Or their fingernails. Every atom yeah, on yes, side. Indeed, yeah. I'm getting the right arsehole with this. Oh, this weekend in particular is <laughs> The Pookie one so, did me in. So bad. <laughs> the Pookie one was the first one that put me in a kind of existential crisis about whether I even like the sport anymore. Yeah. <laughs> because by no measure yeah. is... I mean, the, the point. here's the point, right? Here we go. On the Pookie ones, very quickly, I know you guys don't want to fucking talk about it, but tough, right? <laughs> when people say, oh, you know, it's either offside or it's not, and, and that's fine. If, the, if that was last season, mm. that's a goal given, right? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. There's not a single human being on the planet no. who's going to complain about that. Same with the yeah. Because no one can see it. Yeah. So no one's going to care. Mm. You know? Yeah. So um, it's, just, it's so frustrating to me. Well, yeah. for, for me, like I, I'm, as someone who's in favour of VAR, this isn't what I or presumably anybody wanted from it. It's, it's basically what this is, is a handicap. It's, it's a sort of offside booby trap, which is so annoying. Mm. Just so, so irritating because this is just... It's, What's the point of this? This is, you know, none of us, none of us are enjoying this. Jim, VAR means VAR. Yeah. All right. Um, I also um, have noticed now that fans are celebrating when the kickoff is taken because <laughs> they know the goal's not going to be rescinded. Yeah. I mean, what world are we living in here? I don't. Yeah. Know. I mean, twenty twenty is going to be shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be absolutely shit. Maybe we'll have a chance in the Brighton game, Jim, to talk more about this because you seem to do so. Um, so let's have a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about more football in a moment. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to the Ramble on Football Ramble Daily, everybody. It's now time for emails with Jimmy C. Hello, everyone. Jim. Hello, everyone. It's Ramble email this week. We got one. Oh, okay. We got one, but it's a doozy. People are so, busy at Christmas. They are busy. Jim, at you're Christmas. not supposed to do that. You're supposed to have had loads, but this one stood out much more than the others. So I'm only doing this one. It's again doozy. We've had loads, <laughs> but this one stood out so much that all the other ones can go away. Yeah. Right. Hello, Ramble. 
Uh, I've appreciated the recent spate of footballer food puns, but every time I hear them, I know I can offer the next level of football food puns. My flatmate and I hosted parties for the Champions League and World Cup final two years in a row where all food served were, um, was a food player pun. Not only did we make a stellar list of player puns, we physically made the dish for the lucky attendees and in some cases made a visual artwork of said pun as a label, e.g. Hammers Rodriguez with a roasted ham for a face accompanying an actual ham or Moussa Dembele <laughs> as half-man, half-moussaka, accompanying the delightful Greek dish. This man sounds like a pervert. Indeed. <laughs> Probably the worst was the horrifying laughing falcow dip and crunch. As in falcow, laughing cow, I, I can only assume that is Ooh. truly awful, isn't it? <laughs> um, I'll let you find the words to describe this. We've just done that, I think. Uh, in any case, this made for a bizarre but delicious banquet. Please see attached emails with images and full list of player names below. And he has attached these. This is all completely true. So... We share them on social. Is there photos? And there are photos. We'll share them on yeah, social we'll media. Share them. So we got Maradona kebabs, nice and simple. Chicken tiki taka mo sala. <laughs> <laughs> Moussaka dembele. You're having that, yeah? No, because you should be having yeah. that. Yeah. Do that one again with mo yeah. sala. Chicken tiki taka mo sala. <laughs> Thank you. See? Yeah, Moussaka dembele. Pulled pork bar. There you go. That's good. Back Pulled in. pork was good. Ronaldo nuts. Hammers <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Rodriguez, you aforementioned. Yeah. Bacon and Mbappe's, like that. Yeah. Eaton Messi. Vladimir Putin, which presumably that Great. was in, in the, during the World Cup. Mark Battenberg. Uh, Hang Mod- on, why, why, is, why is Big Vlad in there? Because it's World Cup, Russia World Cup. Russia, World Cup. Russia, oh, okay, yeah. uh, Mod- he played up front for Russia? <laughs> Might have done. <laughs> yeah. Mod Tea Biscuits. The Laughing <laughs> Falcao. Even, <laughs> even Racky Tic Tacs. Terrible. Gareth Southgate. Which I'm, I'm can well I, into can that. I, can I just say? Still loads of more of these t- to go. Tic Tacs? Yeah. It's just Tic Tacs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just Tic Tacs. I bet yeah. someone was volunteering for that one. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah. I've got one for you. Uh-huh. Kyle Walker salt and vinegar. Again, easy. Mm. John Terry's chocolate orange. Carvalapeno poppers. Stuffed pepes. Juan Cuadra Doritos. Jesus. <laughs> Patatas Navas. Macaroni Bonna cheese. Uh, and uh, Ica Cassisa salad. And Zinedanzi Danish pastries. Wow. Oof. Pastries? Pastries. pastries, yeah, I've gone mad. <laughs> pastries, pastries. I think this should draw a line under any future football puns. Thanks for reading and keeping up the great work, Tim Weston. I mean, Tim, that is an incredible effort. Mm. Never I, email I again. Tim, there will yeah. be more puns, but still. Well, never email again. One because um, you're never going to beat that. No. And two because you sound like someone who belongs in the fringes of our society. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're a bit scared. Um, do we do? Do we normally do a jingle at the end of the emails? We, we do. I'll do another one now. <laughs> Jim, shit, missed it. <laughs> um, just do a quick Betway Forward to score update as well. Very um, keen this week, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I am. Jim, you went for Pulisic in the Arsenal-Chelsea game. You did no Pete play. Got, Pete got uh, Matt Phillips. They got beaten at home by Middlesbrough. So that didn't happen. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Marcus, you had Raheem Sterling in the Man City game. That mm. didn't come in either. But there's a reason there's 18 sunglasses emojis on their <laughs> Stadio Mane. <laughs> Liverpool v Wolves. Yeah. Because the big man brought it home. So now I think it's only Pete who hasn't got one right. Is that right? Yeah. And yeah. I don't think he should be allowed back on the show. No. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, Betway 4 to score is a chance for you to win a lot of money. Uh, I think it's £125,000 at the moment. Mm-hmm. Go to betway.com forward slash 4 to score to play. It's free to play. You just pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected games and we'll be doing four more of those uh, at the end of the week in the preview show. Nice one. Nice ones all round. Now then, Brighton beat Bournemouth 2-0 in a South Coast derby. Correct. 
Uh, Graham Potts is doing... Uh, Graham Potts? <laughs> El Potsy is uh, having a good season in the Premier League. His first season, of course, in the Prem, El Potter. Um, and it's going well. Brighton are, are having a nice time. Uh, but it was a good win, though. I think they had one in eight. I mean, they're winning games, Marcus, but do you know for a fact they're having a nice time? Yes, I think they are. But are they definitely enjoying it? They enjoyed that game. Yeah, probably did. They would have enjoyed it more, though, had Big Dan Burns' goal not been disallowed by VAR for marginal offside. Right, go on. Yeah. What are you going to say? Wankers. Yeah, well, I mean, we've sort of touched on it already, haven't we? But this is is, um, a really, really frustrating thing to be watching, as I say, as somebody who wanted to see VAR introduced. Because if you take this offside thing out of it, um, it would be very, very different. And we've got a situation now where where fans are chanting, uh, it's not football anymore, when anything happens. When sometimes, actually, it's the right right call. Like, there's... um, Mane's goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, there was, a, was a, a suspicion of handball. It might not have been given had VAR checked it and gone, no, actually it was fine. So mm. sometimes it does work. Um, but this is, I hope we're going to look back on this in the way that we look back on the Champions League's second group stage. <laughs> go, that was weird, wasn't it? <laughs> so, oh, do you remember when, when offsides were about individual hairs? Stuff yeah. like that. Because it's, it's stupid, isn't it? And, and, and Graham Sooners um, had a potential solution at the weekend, he which did. was that if any... Careful. If any, yeah, if any part of the body is onside, you it chop should it off. count. Yeah. Chop and I don't know whether that... Chop it off and yeah. then just punch it till it's mush. What about this then? <laughs> uh, Here's one for you. In hockey, in NHL, I'm probably going to get this wrong... But I hope not. Mm-hmm. It's done on the feet, so if it, it's just the feet. Well, yeah. I, the, but now, of course, in hockey, the feet don't come off the ice. Yes, really. Yeah. Well, I always think I always in my in my sort of mind's eye, I always would think uh, where would look where the feet are. Yeah. But of course, that would be quite hard to distinguish with the cameras and. Well, they're going too detailed because yeah. if you but when on, the ball is played, you, that, that frames and all. But that. you never know when the ball's played yeah. because the ball's the foot's going to be in contact with the ball when the ball is played from uh, several frames. Yeah. 20, was it twenty four frames per second in in, mm. in in that? And the pookie one, they didn't even show the guy but, making the pass mm. in the shot. Well, the thing is that you you either if you're going to go forensic with it, then you have to come up with some sort of thing, which they have done. To be fair to them, we're not enjoying it, but they they have done. If any part of your body is offside and as they as you see with them um, their kind of workings out you can say oh his hand is offside or his eye but isn't is it with the part of the body you can score no because the Wolves player his hand was offside I'm pretty sure mm. it's, I'm pretty sure it's with the part of the body you can score that's what it was with the Wolves you look so back at Wolves many... it was the hand that was it was offside it was a part of his body so I'm not sure well here we are we're not sure are we there were so many this weekend as well like yeah. Wilfred Zahar um, so, called offside but, but that's what they've done they're, 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 they're saying that you know that that is offside so you know, if, if you're following the law that they we, we seem to have now, then as annoying as it is, you can see how they've come to that conclusion. Everybody is unhappy with that. Mm. So then what do you do? Well, if you if any part of his body's onside, when the ball's kicked, blah, blah, blah. But then if you go, no, 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 you should just be able to look at it and tell. Well, immediately then you're taking away the black and white nature of what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. And so therefore, if you can't achieve some sort of um, black and white approach to this, then you have to do. Then you have to get rid of VAR with regards to offside, because you cut, because that would be more annoying if you have VAR. It's a bit like with is it a penalty or is it not? With offside, if you're trying to do it forensically and trying to do it clinically, then you have to come up with something which they have. If not, on the walls one, by the way, um, I was just looking at it, is it the Neto one you're talking about. Yeah, well, the goal yeah. that Wolves scored. Apparently, it's his foot that's offside. Oh, was it his foot? Yeah, right. it says here. It's just his foot is slightly offside, but you wouldn't be able to notice it really by the naked eye. It's, I'm, I'm 99% sure it's part of the body that you can score with. That's what they take from the armpit, not the arm. Mm, okay. But um, regardless of that, mm. regardless of that, um, 
and then a lot of a lot of the pushback for people like us complaining about it has been okay. Well, people are talking about what's bad about it, and what's the solution? Well, my solution is don't fucking have it. Mm. My solution is it was fine before. Yes, we mind about refereeing decisions that are wrong <clears throat> occasionally because that's part of the, the sort of you know the commentary around the game. The, the solution to it is better referees. And um, perhaps maybe ideally uh, you want to experiment with something like a referee in each half or something like that just mm. to make it easy for them to keep up with the play. But ultimately, the statistics speak for themselves. Go and, I haven't got it in front of me, but look up the, the amount of decisions that were correct when it was just referees. It's in the 90%. Mm. For offsides, it's like, it was like 97%. Mm. Okay, so it, I think what it comes down to is, I know Jim's not, not in agreement with me on this, which is, of course, absolutely fine, but what it comes down to is what your priorities are. Do you want it like this? Well, obviously no one wants it like this. Mm. So do we accept that nothing's ever perfect and go back to what it was like before? Because fine, you might get the odd bad decision. I mean, you could argue that you know, the World Cup final in 2010, Nigel de Jong should have been sent off when he mm. wasn't. Okay, Is, is VAR going to change that? Yes, it is. Is it going to make it for a better spectacle? I, well, I don't I've, know. I've, uh, I've, I've, I strongly feel that if someone you know, gets away with something where they should have been sent off, then if there's a way that like that can be... Uh, amended, then then that's a good thing. Uh, but if you I can't think, have that without having the offsides as well, do you still want well, it? Well, I don't think I, I I don't think that's an argument that's actually being had, is it? I think what what needs to happen is that the offside rule it needs to be tweaked. Something needs to be changed to reflect this because this is it's making the game worse. The interpretation of it is like a robot has applied the rule to the game. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous because goals are the best bit. Right, we all broadly agree that goals yeah. are the best bit, yeah. and that's the thing that's suffering. And there are goals that are just, you know, in my view, are just completely legitimate. So on, on this case, then I think it's fair to bring up, and I, I agree with you that the, the offside rule needs to change to accommodate VAR. But mm. then we, we talked about this before. We said Marcus and I, I'm fairly sure, I'm, Jim, I know you've been of a slightly different opinion throughout, but I think Marcus and I at the time said. Everyone needs to understand the laws of the game have not been drawn up with VAR in mind. Yeah. No. So there's not going to be a, a part. There's going to be several parts of the game where the, the laws of the game are not conducive mm. to video assistant refereeing, and it needs to be changed to accommodate it. Otherwise, mm. you get mm-hmm. this mis- mishmash of nothing. Yeah. Where uh, they're going to have to change it some in some way. But the problem you get is, of course, VAR is the decision of the local football association or yeah. the Premier League or whatever. But the laws are done by IFAB, and that affects yeah. everyone all over the world. Yeah. So you can't just say, by the way, we'd quite like to use VAR. So can you change how the offside law? works around the world to help us mm. so there's a real impasse there yeah I agree with you I think I think with offsides it should maybe be done away with but there we are um, but yeah back good to, result for Brighton anyway good win for Brighton they didn't let it affect him what do you, what do you think of Graham Potter's reign at Brighton at the, at the moment I mean they seem to be good it seems to be doing alright don't they there's not too much talk of relegation obviously they're yeah. not that far away from the relegation zone it's, it's hugely impressive really because you know he's still very new in the job there obviously mm. and um, I think it's a case of that we don't really know what their ceiling is yet you know, they um, they look like they could be on course to finish in mid-table. They look very comfortable. They don't look like, as you say, they're not really looking over their shoulders yet. But there's a long way to go. Mm. You know, a few few bad results in a row can obviously affect you. But um, it's hugely, hugely positive. Well, I mean, the, the, they, they would probably be... One of the big positives from that game was Aaron Moy with his, with his first goal for the club and playing well. Beauty as well. And you know, what? He, he's got a bit of quality there. And they've got some of these players. They don't have um, too many... 
there's not that many goals in that team. No. And they don't have a real sort of out-and-out goal scorer, so it's important for everybody to kind of chip in where they can. And Moy getting off the off the mark as well. Um, and also the uh, Iranian guy, Yahan Bash, um, who bashed, bashed one in. He did. It was an absolute beauty. What first a wonderful goal. celebration. Yeah, he his first goal as well. Yeah, what wonderful celebration as well. He, he got pretty emotional, like, didn't he? He did, yeah, because I think he's been, he's been waiting for a chance, hasn't he? And it's not quite worked work out, out for him last season. season. Yeah. yeah, since he moved to Brighton. But, um, um, yeah. but he's, Potter's improved him offensively they're scoring mm-hmm. more goals than they were like, based on last season yeah. and they're, con- con- they're going to end up almost certainly conceding a lot fewer than they can see like, I think they conceded 60 goals in the Premier League last oh, season yeah. so they're going to concede fewer so on, those basis, on that yeah. basis from what I've seen like with the naked eye I don't watch them as close as some people they look like they're playing better football as well yeah. um, so you can't really complain are you worried about Bournemouth though? I'm not really worried about them no <laughs> it's not something like that I think if you were a Bournemouth much, fan yeah. would you be worried? Um, I mean they've lost seven of the last nine they're just two points above Villa who yeah. are obviously 18th in the relegation zone yeah, I, I would be concerned. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, those injuries are, are a huge thing. And Eddie Howe's always talking about, you know, trying not to use that as an excuse. But they are, you know, they're, they're pretty bare, aren't they, at the mm. moment, which really throws your your plan for the season out and your, your, your plan for how you're going to play out. And they're struggling to adjust to, 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 mm. to you know, to what they need to do in, would, in place of whatever they planned on doing. Well, I think, I think the two things you've got to take into account in that run is obviously on on the surface level that looks bad, mm-hmm. but they've had a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. which can happen. Yeah, and then, you're not going to get you know you're not going to get spared relegation because of that. But mm-hmm. that's that's a factor. And secondly, in that run, they've played a lot of difficult teams. They played Spurs, they've played um, Liverpool, they played Chelsea, they played Arsenal. The next run of games they've got in the league: West Ham, Watford, Norwich, Brighton, Aston Villa, Sheffield United, and Burnley. Mm-hmm. So. If, if, if you're still in the same state after that lot, then you start to worry about them. If, if, if of course, you are the type of person who gets worried about Morbeth, but I'm not, yeah. so I should be okay. Well, I just wonder, though, with, with you know, Hal's been in charge for a little while down there, and we just we know that looking around professional football, it's it's a very, very rare thing for a manager to stay even a few seasons or more at clubs. Mm. And players seem to, whether they get a bit bored or jaded with managers' uh, approaches, blah, 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 I wonder if uh, there's any kind of effect at Bournemouth. I mean, years ago, a manager would be the manager for, for a lot longer and the players, they would sort of have peaks and troughs, but there wasn't this kind of, um, I, I don't know, players didn't seem to be, as I say, sort of get jaded or a bit bored mm. or, or they wouldn't rub well, them up the wrong way. Whereas nowadays, that seems to be the case. Howe's been there for a while. He seems likeable. Doesn't, there doesn't seem to be any problem in the dressing room or anything like that. I just wonder for a small club like them to stay in the Premier League and to perform consistently is a little bit of um, uh, a tiredness or well, I don't that, know, over-familiarity creeping in. He's got to re- that's the thing, isn't it? They've got to, he's almost got to reinvent them and keep players interested and, yes. and, and always try and improve on his ideas. If you look at the, the, the top three serve, longest serving managers in England are Gareth Ainsworth, Eddie Howe and Sean Dyche, Gareth mm. Ainsworth, of course, at Wickham Wanderers. They've all were appointed within about 36 days of each other. Yeah. Mm. And they're all still there, seven seven and a bit years. But two of those, of course, are Howe and Dyche, who are now in the Premier League, and they've yeah. delivered their team's Premier League football. And what they've both been really good at is reinventing, mm-hmm. re-adding, mm-hmm. keeping things interesting, and maintaining this Premier League status. Is that going to last forever? Mm. That's the question, isn't it? You don't, you don't mm. know. Eddie Howe, I, mean, I read an article about Eddie Howe years ago. I mean, do you know what, actually? It might be a chapter, a chapter in one of Michael Calvin's books. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's in Living on the Volcano where he goes and spends some time with Eddie Howe and he turns up at um, at the offices where Bournemouth, I guess I presume it's at where, where Bournemouth play. I don't think it was at the training ground. It might have been. And he gets it at like 5.30 and Eddie yeah. Howe's already there. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's got the, he's basically got the run of the place. It's completely yeah. made in his own image. Mm. So would he get that somewhere else? If he, if he, would he make a decision to jump ship and go somewhere else? And mm. go, Do you know what? The Arsenal job's coming along. But that's a completely different job. Yeah, like a totally different job you'd yeah. think of it within the same sport. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I think they've got, they've got a better run coming up. I presume they're going to get players back fit. If they can start picking up some points, you'd think they'd probably be okay, chiefly because um, Norwich are miles worse than them. Aston Villa look in a shit state and, and the jury's still out about Watford. Although they've been improved, they, they've still got a bit of a way to go. So um, yeah, who knows? Well, of course, if they do get relegated, they'll go down to the championship. Oh, what a nice link. And oh. that's where we go uh, now. A little bit of uh, jiggery-pokery at the top of the championship. Uh, Leeds had uh, an amazing mad. win. Mad. Peter Burbing of 5-4. Mm. A very late winner. It was about 95th minute or something like that. Own goal, by the way. Oh, my God. What a game. I mean, nine goals, you're always going to be happy. Uh, Own as goal, a Marcus, as a yep. winner in the 95th minute. And he absolutely rifled it in <laughs> as well. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with himself afterwards. It, it was a beauty. Yeah. Absolute beauty. Uh, but, of course, elsewhere, uh, West Brom suffered a, a very rare defeat and it was a home defeat at that against Middlesbrough um, yeah Billich's boys uh, very strange result there Borough in 16th they're 9 points above relegation and 9 points off the playoffs yeah the second goal this is the it's second a beauty goal. Oh, Ashley, Ashley Fletcher's, Fletcher's yeah. from a long long way out mm. lobbed over the goalkeeper who's way off his line just oh. it was it was one of those ones where because it, it was in about the 93rd minute yeah. and, and West Brom were pushing mm. And Fletcher just rasps one in the top corner oh, from miles away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so, may, it makes it look a comprehensive win, but I don't know if it was. I, I know what you mean, but these results can happen in the championship. And so West Brom, it is a strange result, but that's only their second defeat of the whole season. Yeah. Uh, and we're, you know, the turn of the year, so they've had a, they've had a, a flipping good time so far under under Bilic, You would say a shout out to, um, to Jonathan Woodgate, by the way. He's put a bit, he's putting a bit of a run together. Yeah, um, as we needed to. There was they're in big trouble, weren't they? Well, yeah. yeah, they were, and, and there's a, I would imagine there's a lot of goodwill um, towards Woodgate among uh, a lot of the supporters at Middlesbrough. I'm, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm mm. suggesting if I've got that wrong, forgive me, but I would imagine there would be. Um, and, and so, as a neutral, I think you want to see Woodgate sort of do quite well. So, yeah, yeah you, you wouldn't want Middlesbrough to tank and, and for him to struggle. Uh, of course, um, the Fulham uh, beat Stoke City 1-0. The Mighty Whites up to third. You were there, Luke. I was. They were quite poor, Fulham, actually. First half, first half they were decent. Yeah. Um, I thought they were going to, once they scored the goal, I thought they were going to settle down and, and, and really... Go go to town and hmm. um, give me a Christmas treat to remember. But it <laughs> but, never kind of manifested itself. But despite that, you know the front line they've got and some of the players Fulham have, which is like, especially that front line they've got is very impressive. I personally, having watched them quite a bit this season, I can't see them catching Leeds or, and West Brom in the automatic. Well, not based on that performance. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Stoke have got a lot of good players. I was chatting to a Stoke fan friend of mine at the game as well, and he was telling me, yeah, we've got a lot of good players, but the club's in a right state at the yeah, moment. Yeah, it's a funny we, one, and we don't know why. Um, and um, but what happened with Fulham is that they, they scored after about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And, and I really thought that would settle them down. But it, it, and, they, and they pushed and pushed. And Jack Butler made a couple of good saves. But in the second half, it became such a stop-start game. Players mm. picking up injuries, perhaps because of the big, the busier schedule going off, substitutions. And they never really got going. And what, what actually happened was, I, you could almost see Fulham physically start to get nervous in the last 10 minutes. And they just invited Stoke onto them. And Stoke had ended up having more shots than Fulham in the game at Craven Cottage. And I would say the lion's share of those shots came in the last 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and but luckily Fulham were able to close it out. But it was much more nervous than it needed to be. And if that's, if that's anything to go by, they need to start working on closing teams out. Because they also weren't playing the kind of football they started to be known for as well. Yeah. Well, I, can't, I, I personally can't see Fulham 
finishing in the top two. And usually there's a team who puts a bit of a run together around sort of February, March time, or maybe slightly earlier. Uh, so we've yet to see them. So I don't know. Leeds, I think, are going up. There Just we to go. Put the jitters up the Leeds fans. <laughs> uh, there we are. Yeah. Right, let's go north of the border. There was, um, there was. A, we've had a couple of uh, derbies of late. We won't talk about the Edinburgh one, um, but we'll talk about the Glasgow one. Uh, Rangers beat Celtic two one. A big win for the Jers. Stephen Gerrard was rather jubilant after the final. He loved it, didn't he? Yeah. Oh my goodness! Right down the camera for one of them. It's the first time Rangers have won at Celtic for a number of years, though, isn't it? It is. I think 2010 uh, right. was the last time they won at Celtic yeah. Park. And, that, that, and the context of it, as you say, is absolutely massive as well to yeah. keep them in touching distance for 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 a title bid. Can we go straight to Morelos? <laughs> He played his part. I, yeah. I love it. I mean, More- Morelos, we know what a silly sausage he is. He usually gets sent off because he's, I don't know, elbowed someone or gone in two-footed or something like that. How he found a way to get sent I off love in it. this game. Incredible. On a yellow, dive in the penalty area in the last minute. Lovely stuff. I, yeah. I thought the yellow might have been a touch harsh. Get, I mean, he's always going to give Scott Brown a little I've bit. I've only of saw it once. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, he, the referee was right right there. Yeah. He was. I think I think that if that was anyone else other than Morelos, I don't think it would have been a yellow he card. He's desperate to score against Celtic, isn't he? Too desperate. You could, you, you, oh, very much so. But <laughs> yeah. even, even before that, you could see his shooting was really wild. Yeah. And uh, he uh, just, yeah, he, he looks a different player, really. He does, well, against them, he does because he is a good player. But unfortunately, if you if you want to, I mean, Morelos was touting himself for a move down south or somewhere elsewhere. You're going to have to put up with at least three red cards a season with yeah. him. I mean, it's just it is absolute madness. Also, he's not got the mentality to handle the big games. Yeah. So why would the big yeah. club sign him? Well, exactly. he gets sent off in the small games as well. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of he doesn't score in the big, the, the only really, I mean, well, relatively speaking. Well, he scored a few. He scored a few like in in um, Europa League and stuff. But I know what you mean. But but other than that, it was a great win for Rangers. Um, and, I, and I mentioned when they lost the League Cup final a few weeks ago, one nil. I was surprised at how good Rangers were actually, and they should have won that game. And I, I can't believe they didn't. And I said, well, I wonder except if accept it and move on. Uh, I wonder if this is a, a sort of a, the, the tide is changing slightly, and this game. Rangers were the better side going away to Celtic. The way they imposed themselves in the game, Gerard is is, is obviously that's probably why he was so face. excited. I mean, yeah. he's obviously excited because they won the game. It's an old firm game, of yeah. course, but I think he probably feels that like mm. finally we to use that phrase again, we've broken that glass ceiling for the first time in a long time, yes. and that mean that will mean a lot to the players. Mm. It does, yeah. And to see his methods and to see what he's trying to get over to those players and say, don't be intimidated, don't act like you're second best, mm. all that kind of stuff. To see that play out on the pitch in the hardest place to go in Scottish football, and for uh, them to get that win is is incredible. Can you remind me how many um, mm. games Hearts have won in the league this season? Mm. You heard me. What well, you need a reminder? Yeah, not enough. No. <laughs> We can all agree on that. Got a good point against the dandy dons, though. Well, people who who listen to this show and don't really know an awful lot about Scottish football will probably be confused as to why Hearts literally never get mentioned anymore. <laughs> and for those who want to know why, it's because they're currently at rock bottom of yeah. twelve teams yeah, in the yeah, Scottish yeah. Premiership. They're almost certainly going to be relegated, mm. and out of twenty-one Hang on, games, almost this certainly season, going to be relegated. Yeah. All right. Out of twenty-one games this season, they've won two. Yeah, it's better than one, I suppose, but. I think Hearts Hearts need to get a winning mentality. So what they're thinking, they're thinking long terms. They think, well, we'll go down, then we can win that league. Yeah. And that gives Hearts the platform to go on and win the other league, which is, of course, the Scottish Premiership. So it's quite smart thinking, if, if you think about yeah. it. Uh, but don't take that away from Steven Gerrard, though. Mm. It's a great win for Rangers. But that, my, my point, just to wrap up this uh, the, the point about Rangers, is this now in-depth they're, Scottish section. Indeed, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now they're a couple of points off Celtic. They have a game in hand. We know the Celtic side can... can 
can see out a championship. My yes. goodness, you know, they're on for nine in a row. We know that. We know that they can win trophies. They've won, I goodness knows how many of them in recent years. And Neil Lennon's won trophies as Celtic manager already this season. It will be interesting now. Can Rangers under Gerrard keep going, keep going through the grind of, of having to win every single week. And and when I say close out the league, I mean, they're, they're still not first at the time of recording. And we go into a little bit of a break. But um, for, for any neutral, it's pleasing that Rangers won because Celtic, I, I personally don't want to see a side like, whether it's PSG, Juventus, you know, dominate uh, and so on and so forth. It's not going to be Juventus this year, are they? Not dominating this year. Well, certainly not, no. Um, but, but there we are. There we go. There um, we are. I wanted to bring, I mean, Jim, you've kindly brought this to the table. And I've actually mm. not heard this, um, but it's um, a reporter on Final Score on BBC <laughs> getting cramped live on TV. Should I just play? It? Yeah, play. Right, it. I'll just play it because it sounds like before you do that, it sounds like a joke. Sorry, go on. Sorry, it sounds like a joke at first, doesn't it? Yeah, I've heard it. Oh, I'm right, going to play it now. Sorry. Yeah, go on. Have, have a little spin. Down to ten men, and they are knocking the ball around nonchalantly. I've got cramped, Jason. <laughs> it's two games in three days. Oh, my hamstring. <laughs> oh, it's painful. They're so comfortable, more comfortable than me at the moment. Huge win for Watford, this. Five minutes. Ah! Five minutes of added time remaining. It's not just footballers who have it tough at Christmas. Oh. Well, well, well. Oh. I've seen and heard many things. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah. man. Bless him. That's so funny, isn't That's it? Grateful. By the way, big Jason on the BBC, looking like Pep Guardiola these days. Yeah, yeah. it's too. He's he studied that though, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's like, going to wear the role that way. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, like, if, if you know, five, six years ago, you see a guy walking down the street in London wearing a roll neck, you think, all right, fair enough. Now people are doing it just because Guardiola does it. Yeah. Not, I don't like or it as much. Maybe it's a dapper laugh hangover. Yeah, Who possibly. Knows? God, you don't see him mentioned very much <laughs> anymore. And rightly so. And yeah. rightly so. Um, d- did you all see that Francis Benali has been given an MBE? He has. And again, rightly so. I mean, I, I don't know how aware of this people are, but Francis Benali has been doing these insane, like, f- like Iron yeah. Man style challenges yeah. where he, he, he travelled, ran to every Premier League ground, and I think he did it again, but with the Championship grounds as well. And he has raised on his own a million pounds yeah, it's for been, Cancer Research UK. He's been phenomenal. Absolutely incredible. He's 50 years old, has, yeah. has put so much in and he's been rewarded with an MBA and I just actually think he deserves a mention. Damn right he does, Jim. No, it's good to see. Some, some um, in, in the New Year's Honours list, you think, how have they got an... Oh, I forgot about them. And then you see that, oh, that's a... Ah, well done. Yeah. Well bloody done. For the right reasons. Yeah. For the right reasons. For the right reasons. Good on Always him. for the right reasons, these mm. things, but that one certainly is. Uh, and then we'll finish with... Uh, what about Forest Green Rovers? Yeah, they're allowed their wooden stadium. They can they? have a wooden stadium. Yeah, they, they they were trying to get permission for it for a while. It was originally it was, re- rejected by the council. It wasn't was, it? wasn't it? Yeah, but I think um, the local fuddies and duddies um, <laughs> didn't like the idea of it. Um, but it's gone through. They're going to have an all wooden stadium. Yeah. Um, I might speak the to a um, vegan club, aren't they? So I oh, might yeah, speak to the guy um, Tom Jones who designed the Spurs bar and ask him mm-hmm. how that's possible because I, I I mean just in my my layman's eyes yeah. I'm thinking mm, fire risk. Yeah. yeah, Tom, it's not unusual. <laughs> yeah, to have yeah. a fire risk that joke was done at the time <laughs> yeah but you are exactly the kind of guy who would do it again Marcus yeah. and I think you've not let us down there Happy New Year presumably yeah. they're just going to go to Ikea no, I don't just, think just so, get it done from there. It could be cheaper, but I don't think so. It could be, yeah. yeah. There we are, you see? Right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the football. There's oh, the music. Loud, there it is. It's told you, what did I tell you about Donaldson? Oh, Pete's box of booby trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the Football Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. Jules and Andy back tomorrow. Thank you very much, Luke Moore. So cheer out. Cheers. Thank you, bye, Jim bye. Campbell. Bye. Thank you, listeners. Happy New Year. This was a Stakhanov production. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. 
here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.